Midday Squares Uncensored, welcome to the show. Today is going to be fun because I woke up feeling energy. Guys, we put so much effort into this show. Please like the show, leave comments on the show, recommend it to a friend, even if it's just one friend. That will help us get our next goal is 10,000 listeners. We're almost there. Please help us get there. Let's go. I do have something as we're about to start the show today because I was driving to work this morning and I felt just like vibey like this. One second. This is going to get us into the show. Uh. Good morning. Uh. Good morning. Woo! Yeah! Okay, everybody. Good morning, everybody. If it's morning, if it's night, if it's night, good morning to you anyway. So this this just fired me up. I was in the car. So going into the style of today's show of where we are, it's like very morning show esque. We didn't have a show prep for today, but again, going back to consistency being the number one thing, Jake fired up, Trevor, who's behind the camera filming this episode, fired up and said, guys, just show up. Let's put on a good show no matter what. So we have some questions from the audience that we're going to Rochambeau on. Then I'm going to take us on a little journey. But to start us off, there's been a lot of banter going around Instagram with our new flavor on cookie dough. Oh, big time. There's been people stealing cookie dough from the office. There's been other flavors being made (laughs) behind the scenes. Somehow R&D got hijacked by Jake. Yeah. There's a lot happening with cookie dough. People are not sure. Why do you guys keep showing? Is it it going into the market tomorrow? What the hell is going on with cookie dough? Yeah, what the hell is going on? The nerve. I'm so disappointed in Leslie Carls. Okay, well, we have a beef to Yeah, Leslie and I have a massive, massive beef that's going to go on for a very long time. So to answer everybody's questions, questions cookie dough is coming and i think what was really important for us in 2022 was just to instead of having some like big secretive launch um just to let you guys know like we are developing this flavor it's coming the office is hyped about it everyone's hyped about it and so we want to continue to share with you our journey um of developing this no flavor. more secrets no i'm more done secrets. with secrets yeah. building in cut the secrets yeah exactly done exactly so uh, cookie dough is planned to launch uh, f- like December 1st. So basically, uh, it's only going to be launching to retailers in January. So it's going to be shipping throughout January and then it's going to be arriving in stores probably in Feb. But we should be launching it direct to consumer online in December, a softer launch. Um, cookie dough is actually really hard for us to make. We decided to manufacture our own chocolate chips. So number one, we're super excited about it. We are- And it's it's always like, let's make our lives more complicated (laughs) on the day squares, no? But we may we are we are trying to be the goat. Yeah, we so, are trying to be the goat. So that's that's all. If it's harder, it's harder. Listen, <laughs> at the end of the day, we don't put soy lichison in our product, okay? And it's very hard to find a vegan chocolate chip that doesn't have soy lichison, that doesn't have all these other things that we don't want to put in it. So we had to make a chocolate chip on our own. That being said, it is complex. We don't have all the equipment. We've ordered the equipment, um, and with supply chain right now with the delays, like for the piece that we originally wanted it's 12 months we can't wait for that we know you guys want cookie dough so 
Yeah. How does it taste? Yeah. So well, I'm getting getting there. I'm oh. building it up. You gotta have some foreplay here. Oof, so facts. basically, um, I'll behave. I'll behave. Um, so cookie dough is already formulated. The formula is finalized. It has been in shelf life. It tastes phenomenal. Um, it actually, what's really incredible about this flavor is it develops as as it ages, which is very cool because a lot of products actually the flavor profile decreases as it ages or it gets the texture change. Changes, cookie dough does not like we just did a eight week shelf life test and in our office we did an internal survey we had a 93 percent purchase rate Woo! and a hundred percent said it tasted like cookie dough i'm sure there's now, no bias in those stats <laughs> now that being said you know uh cookie dough you you is incredible we're really excited we're very excited to launch it um and we hope that you guys love it i no, mean we know you guys are gonna love it how did cookie dough come about i think it's a magical story quickly yeah so basically uh one of our food scientists um who if you guys follow our story no, Mandy was working on coconut uh, for quite some time. And while working through coconut, a lot of uh, things came to light. And uh, how we kind of can make a butter, a butter-esque flavor profile. Um, and butter taste. Butter taste was part of the, the R&D, the research and development that happened throughout coconut. And some of our learnings with coconut were transferred over to cookie dough. So you're telling me that by accident, you discovered the taste of butter during the coconut development and that led to cookie dough? Part of it. Yeah, part of it. Part of it happened in the in the coconut development. And this and is why there's never a failure. This is why life is never about failing. Like, think about it. We failed to launch a flavor and arguably one of our most successful flavors was born because of that failure. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, um, you know, we continue to research, we continue to develop, we continue to push the team, and we end up doing great things. And I think the cookie dough is so incredible to me, and I'll tell you why, because we don't use artificial flavors or natural flavors, and we, and the, well, the R&D team has figured out how to create nostalgia and give you a true cookie dough flavor profile, and I think it's fucking incredible. And I, and guys... I am so proud to be launching our fourth flavor. It is not easy to develop good flavors. Okay, let's bring momentum train up. Like, she's not doing justice to it. It's fucking good. Like, guys, if you are no, ready... No, 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 no. Bullshit. You cut haven't tried... You are, given people you are without allergic permission. to nuts. I've given people without permission the ability to try the product. And I know from that... If you look at politics, to the great extent, leaks get out to the press and then they blow it but up. But you're spreading it's fake same, news because it's you... It's the same thing. You spread it... Through leaks, when you leak the product, people go crazy. The blabber comes, momentum train starts pumping, the engines go, you fuel it with oil. Once it's ready to launch, it explodes. I need to Cookie be arbitrator. I need to be arbitrator here. So I would I would have to say Jake was the first person to leak the was it me or Jake? I think no. might have been Jake to I leak cookie dough to, to, to the public. No, it's sick. I went to his birthday and half his building knew about cookie dough. Yeah, but, what the fuck is going on? And here's why. Cookie dough is made with cashew butter, the one that we're going to market with. Yes. Jake found out about this and was fucking livid. Wild. Wild, because at the end of the day, he's like, yo, like I can't eat cashew, so this is going to be another flavor that I'm not going to be able to eat. He goes. Behind my back. Without telling anybody in the office. Dead has silent. A side meeting at midnight in the office. Calls a secretive meeting. No board present. No ownership present. Not sure if all the R&D team was even there. He went to the person that's responsible for making the R&D trials every day to really just bypass everything. And was like, yo, 
any way I can get a cookie dough without cashew butter that tastes <laughs> very, very similar to the one that we're going. And that set off Fires. a month, two months of R&D development on a product <laughs> that was... Didn't not have, free. Was not free. But I could be responsible for the delay. I could be responsible for <laughs> delaying it because I low-key infiltrated <laughs> with no one knowing. And then when the time was right, I still didn't tell everyone. I had them giving trials to people that didn't know that this one didn't have nuts. And I was just hoping behind these. And then I find out, listen to this. I'm all, I thought we had been nut. Yep. The no nut one was unbelievable because I was freaking. I was having it every day, multiple times a day, the whole nine yards. My girlfriend, me. The, anyways, it was unbelievable. But here's the kicker on our board call. I find out. They ask, what's the deal with cookie dough or board? And I'm sitting there, and me, I'm warehouse, and the board calls. Like, you know, I don't listen half the time. I'm just there to be, to show up. Juice, part of the team. juice, I'm, I'm juice. I'm momentum. The, I'm, I'm muscles. No, I'm kidding. But I, I hear, I hear, I'm listening. Suddenly I hear that, yeah, so we decided to go around with the one with cashews. And I went wild. <laughs> yeah. I, I had lost to it. She's a tyrant. I said, fuck you, Leslie. Listen, in message. at the this end of the true. day, we're going to go flavor first. And I so uh, I decided to move forward with the product that has cashew butter in it. And all to say there's a cage going in the fridge um, where products getting locked. This was discussed in our R&D meeting on Monday. Um, and the reason is, is because basically the cookie dough is packaged in a peanut butter package. And dangerous. it is dangerous. Midday Squares is responsible for anybody who gets that package. And if that package doesn't say cashew butter and somebody eats it thinking there's no cashew butter, that's on us. So even though they're non, non-consumables, that's being locked up. And now there's labels being printed for each of those packages. Are, are, are you going to come to my house? Take them? Are you going to come to my house and label the box? Yeah. That's, that's I, I, spoke, I spoke to people in your building. So it's... Les, I just need... Why are you so strict? I'm yeah, a strict person. You're, you're come on. Why do you guys ship? like that I'm strict? Okay, so strict? I run a tight ship. Okay. Loosen up. I run a tight ship and you like that I run a tight ship. All right. And so we are Rochambeauing today. I love it. We are getting into subject matters. We had people from Instagram, TikTok. We're on a live right now as well too. Questions are coming in. Um... Go to motivational techniques when stress becomes too high. I really like that question. That was like something we've never been asked before. We've endured immense amount of moments of crazy high stress. Does anything come to mind immediately for both of you? Yeah, for me, I think when I was at my peak level of stress, I just started writing things on my wall. Um, And that actually helped me because I was... I, when it, was your peak level of stress? Curious now. A couple of months ago, I would say, like when we basically, like when we identified well, the one square, right? When we moved right. into the one square, uh, personnel changed, like just all of that. Uh, our financials coming to light with with our new CFO, like that created an immense stress for me. Um, and I said, you know what, I got to do. I need to highlight the things that are actually like that are happening that, that are good, that I'm proud of. And so I just started, like I just took a, a black marker and started writing on my wall. So I have like a few of these things on my wall. Whenever I'm feeling some type of way, I just go and I write it and I read it. And I'm like, fuck, I'm like, that is something to be proud of. Yes, there's a lot going on, but you know, the, you got to take a moment back to what we said at this beginning of the beginning of the call is you got to take a moment to appreciate yourself and what you are doing. And even speaking with some of our um, mentors, I mean, the other day is, you know, writing a list of what you achieved, right? And to mm-hmm. what percentage you achieved it and to celebrate it. And t- yes, obviously, if it's not 100%, you don't need to go and, 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 and create false affirmations. But it's like, okay, I reached 70%. 
you know, and that's something to be proud of. I would say your wall was great. Like I would look forward to walking in your room and seeing like the new little affirmations that were on the wall. I was, I, I've actually been sad to see no new affirmations going. I'm wall. in a good. I know so I, I'm in a good, a good place, thing. but I'm not gonna lie. My pen, my pen ran out of ink, so I, my, my marker ran out of ink, so I gotta go replace it. I think when I'm feeling stressed, what inspires me is to actually go on our DMs on Instagram and our Facebook messages and our emails oh, at one. times and. And, and not read the good stuff, actually, believe it or not. It's, yes, I'll find good stuff and that will give me inspiration. It's actually, how can I actually get closer to the customer? And what I, I know it sounds cheesy, but sending these videos and watching the responses of the connectivity we've built is powerful. Or changing someone that is feeling maybe negative to positive is this win that is so small, but yet that win sparks that fire within my soul energizes yeah, you it gives me this energy and i was talking with dr it's Gavin worth yesterday. more like like gold is it's worth more it, than exactly. copper right? let's just say it's, that it's just worth more it gives me this boost that i can't pay for i can't buy at a workout session i can't do this i feel it when i see someone feel something inside from what we're doing that is what gives me life during the hardest times it's like find the little things that work for you that little. create light and energy so yeah, I like that a lot. You said, before you go to your thing, I, you said re, you said read a quote before you were messaging this morning yeah, about, about a book, and it's not going to be of the laws of human nature, but you should anyone that is that is interested. That was in actually that was actually one of the questions we had too. Any good books that we're okay, reading so lately? Well, but before we'll we get, get into, into the books, what m- motivates you no, during it, it, this it's, stressful it's, time? I, I was just giving something. So, in the book called "Make Your Bed," there's this saying that says, um, "Find the little wins in the morning." Those little wins, it could be just put doing your bed. It could be literally, you know, doing 10 push-ups. That's an accomplishment that you set. Goes Once a long you way. win, it starts to create this momentum domino of winning. So I started to do that recently, the last two months, and I've been seeing a lot greater productivity, motive, well, inspiration, and just like feeling better about myself. And it doesn't have to be working out. It doesn't have to be doing your bed. It could be anything that you define as winning. 100%. You momentum is key and it starts in the morning. It really does. It really fucking does. I know people think it's cheesy, but it starts in the morning. Um, when stress gets really, really high for me, I think you guys had, you nailed some really good stuff, but I have to prioritize whenever I'm really, really stressed. You guys see me sleep's a really, really, really big, important piece for me. Um, even during the day, sometimes like when the stress gets way too high, I shut down and I'll, I'll go take a nap for an hour and I'll be back. On top of that, usually when stress starts to get to a point, this literally happened to us two weeks ago, when it becomes an everyday feeling where you feel like it's almost unbearable, that is usually a good time for you to probably take a break. Whether it's a three day off, five day off, seven day off, our bodies are built to maintain ridiculous amounts of stress. Literally built yep. to make. When you keep on exhausting the stress valve, you keep on lowering your capacity to deal with the stress. And then a trigger of just resting. We're talking like real vacation, not subjecting yourself during your vacation to more stress. Now, travel could be stress. Yes. And so if you're going on a vacation in order to go on a vacation, that can induce stress that doesn't allow you to relax. So a full shutdown for me is nothing. Extreme boredom. Sleep and extreme boredom. And then all of a sudden, like a glass of water, I feel literally my ability to deal with stress start to come back, 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 back. Charge your Tesla. We, we recharge the tank. So don't be afraid 
to press the off button when stress is getting too high. And do not make any stupid decisions when you're going through oh, serious stress. Oh, that's for sure. I do want to say that uh, also um, low-impact exercise for me, so walking, um, sometimes when I'm stressed, staying in the same place or um, not moving, uh, and I'm not talking about like getting physical activity, I'm just walking and kind of airing out the laundry in a way, and then being able to put it in the garbage and take out the garbage. So it's like walking was a really good thing. Just walking nowhere, almost like no destination, just Talk walking that. and no kind agenda. of no agenda, letting it out, letting it go. I got to try that. But I, I want to say something because I, I think people, everyone listening, um, who's bought into the concept of sleep? You know, I know you two have. <laughs> I have not yet. And it's been 28 years. Sorry, 29 29 years where I have not bought into the concept of sleep yet. I sleep beautifully, don't get me wrong. I sleep the four or five hours that I get. But people keep telling me, get that eight, get that seven, get that nine. And I don't know if- That's I- actually not true. So um, Huberman, there is, there are certain people that have different thresholds. These are just the facts of the situation. Am You're, I an outlier? You could be an outlier. I need eight hours. You could Am be I an, an outlier. <laughs> yeah. There, do Holy you know that shit. there's some people that- alcohol actually has they have this inhibitor that basically they never feel the the downside of alcohol so it, it actually charges them up and it, and they're ready really? to go yeah there's like it's like a one percenter type thing and so like he was saying on his show andrew Huberman, like if you're ever at a bar and you have that guy that's just going or that woman that's just going back to back don't try to compete with them because there are outliers that will actually keep on gaining momentum as they're drinking. <laughs> and you're just thing? there. Yeah, it's a genetic thing. Mm. And you're there trying to compete and with you're them. Dying. You're and dying. you're dying. So yeah. it's like there's a high probability, Jake. Like I see you. I tell your legend <laughs> to other people. I have a partner that functions on no sleep. I'd like to see but you sleep. I'd like it to see you down. sleep. Yeah. I'd like to test this a uh, uh, week of you sleeping eight hours. You come to my, our house. Okay, what's your house? I, no, I post traumatic stress from your house. You want post traumatic stress for? He will sleep in Nick's bed, and oh he my. will sleep on the couch. Oh, I like that he sleeps on the couch of when course. people come. 100%. But for those of you who don't know, the reason why I have uh, some stress reminding me of Leslie and Nick's condos because that's where we actually started the business and made the product from five a.m. to five p.m. every day. Cocoa smells. It was stressful. It was hectic, and I go back there and I feel those memories every time. It's like. It's like spiders coming onto me and I get like, yeah. so like <laughs> your whole condo gives me that anxiety. I don't know why it's, it's sad to say it's sad, but like maybe I could work on figuring a way to love, fall in love with it again. I'll take you to Beijing. No, that's bad. <laughs> so we just came off of our strat planning strategy for everybody. A strat planning strategy is where you plan your fiscal year. A fiscal year is just the month your, your, uh, your business starts and the month it ends for financial reporting, which usually goes into how you plan all of your business, what you're doing, how you're going to do it. And this was the first time we ever did it. And it was kind of guided by uh, a mentor of ours who's Mike Fada. Mike Fada is, we've spoken about him on the show, the founder of Manitoba Harvest, is an advisor, is our global growth advisor and investor in the business. And f- really good friend. And really good friend, starting to become like, like family, yeah. really. Um, and that brought up this idea. I think all three of us, I can speak for myself, actually. I won't speak for you two. I've always lacked trust in listening to other people or mentors. And usually that trust prohibited me from growing or learning faster. I, I had a, a shield to people and, and it took a minute for it to get um, 
broken that shield. And I've been starting to really lean into the people we're surrounded by. So we've got Mike Fada, Peter Burns. Shout out Peter Burns was the uh, CEO of One Bar most recently, CEO of Justin's before that, Presidents of Hayden Celestial before that. Legend. David Cinnamon is another one. There's so many. David built a, you know, uh, a bleach conglomerate to Kick. over a billion dollars called Kick. What, how crucial have these people been to us? And I want to just have a little round table I on think, you guys. I think the trusting is first important before the people is, is you two trust a little less than I do. I'm yeah. more of the, the theory or schooling of give people the chance till they screw up or, or screw you over. And I know you've been screwed over, Nick, in the past. So your past experiences have definitely a few had times. It. Yeah, but your past is definitely brought to the future, no matter what. No you matter know, what. It, it subconsciously comes up, right? But I've seen you get better and better at slowly trusting more. And I saw you with Mike Fada give in you've given you've now let your wall down yes but you took a very long time to let your wall down and what i dream of is that you can trust me to find those folks and bring them to our table that are actually people that we could trust and that the high probability is that they're not going to screw us and they might by the way you never know you just i love you mike nine figure fat up you never know right yeah. I, I love you to death when push comes to shove push, weird exactly. things happen weird things happen you know but i think that that's something that I dream of that we can have as a partnership is if one of us brings someone, yes, they might be wrong. We've all made mistakes in the past. Oh, so but, many. But rest assured, there's there's been gut checks before I'm bringing somebody into the pocket. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nick's brought dreams. <laughs> Horrible. But that's okay, babe. You, yes. you, we're all yeah. I brought one really. <laughs> but all I have to say is that's my dream for the wherever that takes us in the next hundred yeah. years. Can we find a way that we slowly start to trust our one individual's gut so much that we actually just open the shield? And it might it might hurt us. It might hurt us. But that's a dream come true because Mike Fada, Peter Burns, and David Sim, those three individuals, we've leaned into them now, especially Mike Fada and Peter Burns recently have been very leaned into and they've helped Oh, from the genuineness of their heart. Look, I naturally, you know, I don't trust people easily. I mean, I, I feel like I, I'm really the protector of the realm more than you two. You know, yes. I'm, I'm the last one that people can get through. You're holding um, the nuclear codes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and, I, and, I, and, I, I and by the way, I, listen, I, I do, I do <laughs> trust that people you bring forth are, are, are well-rounded people, but I will always be the protector of the realm, you know, and I, I have internal things that need to happen, things that need to check off before I can I can let people in. But to quickly, say quickly, quickly, what are what are just like three of those things that you're looking for? Even one. Well yeah. I like to understand where they came from, you know, what their history was, what are the things that drove them to where they are today. Just what type of person are you and what are your core values? Very important for me. So like, you know, with Mike Fata, like, you know, um, when I when I first met Mike, I was uh, closed. You know, I it took time for me to, to open up to him and let him in. And he didn't um, let me like uh, what I'm trying to say is like he was stayed in the pocket. He stayed in the pocket, which meant so much to me. Like he stayed in the pocket. He didn't make moves based on money or based no. on numbers. He was patient. He waited. He he we had a moment together. We had a very hard conversation together. It didn't turn him away. Like those were the things that were so key and incremental. Like he stayed in our house. We we opened up about stuff. We spent time together. And I and I saw what type of person he was. And he wasn't here for the wrong reasons. He was here for the right reasons. Even when we didn't have a contract in place, he still helped. 
helped when we had to call him last minute he made time you know you could tell quickly with people when their intentions are bad when you know there's nothing in place and they're not willing to help you until they keep pushing it yeah, Those, you know what that's I mean? Ugly, exactly, but people do it. I'll and watch. so it it really building the relationship and breaking those boundaries and learning what type of people like, you know, going to David's house and sleeping in his country house and being welcomed into that very intimate space. These are important things for me. I saw you network from a very early age in our relationship. You never when you built relationship, it was never about what can they do for you? Mm. You were there just to, 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 what can I do for you without no any agenda. strings attached? Serve no agenda. Leader. You have to. And I feel I like, like that's that. coming back to us today in terms of all of our relationships. There's no agenda. Just building, you know, a, a strong relationship with these humans and they want to see us succeed. And you, you can't find a lot of good people out there that want that. So finding those people is incremental. And like you said, yeah, weird things do happen in life. They do, but I do agree. Once you've let down that wall, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta let go, and you gotta go all the way in. Um, at least what's what's worked for lean me, in. and I think for you guys, you gotta lean into it. And and like you said, some of these mentors. I mean, it's been going into the strap plan. We had Mike Fada join us, um, and at first we weren't sure, in, in full transparency, to have such a uh, uh, force of nature a force of nature with us during our first leadership meeting um, Nick and I really wanted to be present as the leaders of the meeting and so we did actually have a hard conversation with Mike like letting him know this is what we what we um, how we want the data flow and this is where we want you to lean in and I'm so happy we pushed through with having him there because he he is so seasoned. He it's was fucked up. It's fucked up. He was really able to help guide in, in certain areas. And it was so key to have him part of that strap he, plan. He's part of the Hall of Mike Fada. <laughs> Mike Nine Figure Fada is part of the Food and Beverage Hall of Fame. He is. And Period. should go down as he the Entrepreneur Hall playbook. of Fame. Yeah. Naturally. But before you get into it, you said no agenda. You kept repeating a common theme there. I, I want to share a little thing that I was on a FaceTime yesterday for an hour. I give an hour of my time to a professor. MJ Peloton from Concordia in York and he I gave a class at his university and the student wanted to go into more detail of the questions and I could have said no you know you know I, I gotta get another call with one student what's the point of that and I literally had no agenda I was like yeah 100% here I'm available this time book it in booked it in had a great one hour the professor was there he wanted to watch and learn and then the student was there and the student asked like 10 questions great questions like very depth questions about midday squares and I said I said to myself how does he how is he so in depth with the brand and then it ended and the professor asked me why did you do that and with the student on and why'd you give your time and i was like i don't know i wanted to it's a great idea it's a you know it's an interaction it's a, you know i have no agenda nothing and he's like that's why you guys are going to get to the top he's like do you know that he went after that class and he went with his family this student is a, is a 35 plus went with his family and went to go buy midday squares fell in love with him and shared with the people around his table. So that's what happens when you have no agenda. Go into everything with no agenda. Things Fuck. do come back. They do. They do, but also this Don't guy showed up, it. he cared, and I think that's also part of why you give your time, because he put the Ma work. Mutual respect. Yeah, the mutual respect. Yeah. That, that fired me up on a ridiculous way, because uh, you're right, Les. My whole life has been... I can, as long as it goes back, it's just been when I find good people that put me in good situations, it's just like, it just happens. I can't explain it. Everything just dominoes into one area. What I do want to say as a distillation of mentorship 
It is a fucking cheat code. In the conversations that we had with Peter and Mike, just to give you in the most recent ones, guys, there's been millions of these conversations, but the most recent ones of where we've gone from zero to 10 million as a business, now we're trying to go from 10 to 20, and then we're gonna go the ascent to 20 to 100. The integral changes that are required to succeed Mm. are fucked up. Massive. And literally, this is the way it goes. When you when you really find the right person, you sit down with him. We saw it with Peter. We saw it with Mike. I'll start with Peter. You get on a phone call. This has happens. Okay. Uh, what's the ratio here? What's the ratio here? What's the ratio here? All those ratios are out of whack. Uh, do X Y Z. This is going to happen when you go around turn four on the left side. Someone's going to try to punch you in the face. Just avoid that at all. It's like okay. That makes a lot of sense. Let me just do it. And then same thing with Mike, you know, we go down, we're looking at our PNL. Like there's they take all of the they take all of the um, the fuzz that you see in your vision, the fog, and they're just like, whoosh, that's gone now. X, Y, Z, do this, you're supercharged. And if you now I'm not now I'm not saying don't use your own first principles. Yeah. I'm not saying don't add your own flavor, don't be unique, don't try to not have your own road that you travel, but don't be fucking stubborn and don't be an idiot when somebody is giving you the lifeline. You gotta be open-minded and and I think, and listen, and I think at the end of the day, to to what you said, it's like take what you believe is right for your business, uh, listen, stay open-minded, and I think at the end of the day, ultimately, um, you want to find f- uh, mentors that have been there, done that in some sort of way. You know, you don't want to be around people. You don't be careful with certain mentors that will come at you. Charlatans. Yeah, that haven't been there, done it. And they, they but they they, ha- they think for some reason they could be a mentor or a coach or an advisor, but they haven't been there, done that. You need to understand what the founders are going through. That is very important because if you do not understand what they're going through, the advice is not going to resonate. And it, it's gonna, it might be the wrong advice. So again, be, I believe be weary of who mm-hmm. you are bringing in and do your research because mentors f- are incredible, but you need to find the right ones. Well, we're, we're, we're at showtime, guys. Yeah. We got to wrap up and get on There's this There's so day. many posts. We'll bring another one. You know what the beauty is? We do shows every yeah. two weeks. Yeah. So we yeah. get to bring questions over. Stay tuned. Follow us. So one of the questions I do want to end with, we're going to do this on a round table just like Zets. Hey, guys, I'm starting a new CPG company. What are your learnings? What's the tip for me? So let's distill one tip each. Okay. So cool. one tip for starting. Right, start. Yeah, you start. I'll start. Gross CPG margin. Yeah. You'll hear it all the time. You'll hear it all of the time. Do not waste your time if you are not in a business that has 50% gross margin or higher, or if you don't have a very clear path to get to 50% gross margin or higher in the next 12 months, I am telling you, just just take this it's, verbatim. It's horrible. It is horrible if you don't have and make those changes. This is the calculation for gross margin, and I'll pass it over to Jake. So you're gonna do your sell-in costs minus your trade cost. That's gonna give you your net costs. Your net costs are then gonna be minus by your COGS, your cost of goods. So that's gonna be your materials, your packaging and all that jazz. Um, I would even put all of the requirement, put your production cost at roughly around 10 to 15 cents, no matter what, just as a gauge. Uh, If you're not there, get there. If that, so if we go 
net uh, revenue divided by, co uh, sorry, minus COGS and whatever number that gives you divided by net revenue doesn't give you higher than 50%, um, get back to the drawing board because you're probably going to end up in serious danger soon. That's my tip. Live in the stores. Get the fuck to the store and live there. Understand what goes on. If you're on your computer, listen, <laughs> you do need operate. You need you need COOs, CEOs. You need people that could operate the business. But you need to go walk, literally walk. Just Peter, live. Peter Burns said it. When he was at Justin's, he would sit by. He where still they could, does it now. He sit there and he'd ask, why are you buying it? Where else do you buy it? What don't you like? What can we do better on? Because when you're in a store, you're seeing consumers in real time. Also, merchandising. You start to understand. Understand. It's not just about putting a product on a shelf. You have to go understand how the team works at the store. How do they figure out how to put your product on? How does the backside work? When you understand this stuff, you can then create a plan, strategic planning, to go out and execute to make you better. Please just give an example. Everybody's got... Okay, okay wait, wait before we go, stop being allergic to being in fucking stores. That if you are in the CPG business, that's live in the store. Your first office should just be in a grocery store. So tell so, one of the grocery stores you want to be so there. So I'm going to give a great example. So I, on my calendar here, you want to show us? Uh, maybe not the name, but it says Walmart tour on okay, that's uh, live, for two babe. hours. That's live. Oh, that's live. Yeah. <laughs> it's Walmart Canada. But anyways. So Walmart, arguably one of the most bureaucratic companies that you yes. shouldn't be able to do. What happens when you're in the store? So listen, you walk in. Good vibes. You come in, like I said, good looking, beater, everything. <laughs> okay, you don't have to do that. But you go in, you look for your product. These stores have more than 40,000 products, especially at Walmart because they have also physical merchandise too that's not food, right? But it is chaotic. To run a company that has over 100,000 products in their store, it's difficult. So when I went into the store, typically to a Walmart, sometimes our product's not on the shelf, but the tags might be there. That being said, what are you gonna do? You show up, you see your stock empty, you're gonna walk away and say, oh, whatever, it's gonna come soon. No, you ask the manager, you find the manager of your department. When you find that manager, you ask them, can you scan to see if you have the stock in the store? But you're friendly. You let them yeah. know, right, yeah, that you, they're short-staffed. You yes. understand that. You want to help. Empathy. Lead with empathy because when you see someone stressed, don't come at them. Even though you're upset that your product's not there, they're going through something. Yeah. Find that rhythm first, like you said, then ask for something. Then I ask them to scan it politely. Once they scan it, it says, oh, the product actually is in the magazine, in the store. It's in the back. So I say to her, do you mind if I come help you? She's, she's like, oh, really, you want to help? I'm like, yeah. So I go to the back. She shows me where the products would be. I search for the midday squares box. But if you saw what the boxes look like there, it would take anyone 15 to 30 minutes just to look for a brand logo. You can't find it. So I find the Almond Crunch. I put it on the shelf. I merchandise it gorgeously. Again, I'm doing the work. Happy to do it, though. Good vibes. Then I asked her, do you mind scanning the peanut? Is it in the store? Oh, my, it actually is. 48 products are in the store. She's like, do you want to go find it? I'm like, yeah, no problem. I go. It takes me a little longer. It was in the back end of, you don't understand, hidden. Under hidden. Bob's Under. this. We're a fresh product. So just in case, and I'm not putting Walmart down. I love you, Walmart. You know, I get the chaos. I put it out. Then I said to the, the team lead, I said to her, this is how we would love to be merchandised. Look how gorgeous it looks. She's like, it looks really, really nice. I'm like, what can we do to keep supporting this look? She's like, if you can come into the stores once every two weeks, maybe come help us out, offer your help. It would really be grateful. And guess what? I go in the store three days later, sorry, a week later, and I see that we have sales and I see that our product's moving. The week before that, there was no movement because the product wasn't, wasn't even on, on the, the shelf. shelf. It was in the back. So get in the stores, guys. Go live there. Be empathetic. Even you before your product's there, just go live there to identify, learn. learn. Anyways, that's my lesson. 
I have two Tip. less two two tips uh, for start. She said it, the the question was what starting a CPG. Yeah, starting a CPG b- business. You guys have been going through it. What's the biggest learning that you can apply? A good product to have product market fit is really important. I think that's necessary. you know really necessary. So take the time and develop a product that is Excellent. actually good with fifty percent margin. With fifty percent margin. <laughs> the second thing is under understand your finances i think goes back to one of our 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 biggest struggles today is you know not having the proper infrastructure from a finance standpoint so uh, understand the profit and loss sheet like and make it simple i think that's really important and i think you know honestly if i was to redo this again probably my second hire would be uh somebody in finance because i think that's really important to drive the entirety Uh, my first hire would still be a videographer because storytelling yeah. is so important. Um, On finance note, yeah. though, very important. Like, don't get down about it. Uh, it is really complicated to track CPG financing. So this is actually financials. Why? If you have a distributor in between, I mean, they make it a mess for you to understand what's going on. This actually creates an even stronger argument for when you're early less is more yeah the more control more. you have over a store and your relationship with them and the financials coming through the better you'll understand the business the better you'll be but able to invest when you start your finances are your the financials of the company is not as complex yet so really understanding like your gross margin yep. and your 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 in, the ins and out of your business is going to be really important to understanding what moves you should be pulling and i think that's the most important thing and i did hear it from a lot of mentors as well i mean jay sider early on shut him shout out, out he was like live by your profit and loss sheet and make it simple you know because it answers all the questions but we did have a 50% 45 50% gross margin hit when we first started when we looked at one of the main things i've learned from that is as you scale like all of your warehouse costs are going to come into your cogs all of your your production costs are going to come in that means what we didn't calculate early on is like your plant manager salary is going to be on COGS. Your directors are going to be on the COGS. Uh, so your supervisors are going to be on the COGS. These are hard And your things. selling price needs to be calculated properly. Yep. You really have to take into consideration all the brokers, all the distributors, all the staff, because everyone needs to make money. So you really need to be priced properly. Is there hope for a CPG brand as they scale to get themselves out of the distributor model? Yes. I would say, yeah, with scale for sure. Scale solves. Scale money solves everything. It's it's a hope that I just wanted to give because it is, you said chaotic mass, it is a mass. And companies like Pepsi and Coca-Cola, they do it themselves, right? Yeah, and mostly as you get really big with the big accounts, they will move you out of distributor and go into their direct distribution model. Ultimately, the accounts don't want you to pull up. But the the reason why you have to go through um, the third parties is because, yeah, they don't, they need to control the trucks that come to their docks. And well, last shout out, Mike, you've been getting a lot of shout outs on the show. Mike Fattick calls the journey between when you are too small for direct distribution um, and, and too big to handle just like up and down the street accounts yourself. He calls it the CPG Valley of Death. That is when you are going to expose yourself to so much lack of visibility on cost that shit's going to go out of whack and you're either going to get crushed by it or you're going to rise from it. And when you make it out of the Valley of Death, that's usually when you get started to bring brought to direct distribution. 
and then bam, you made it through the valley of death and you're fucking on fire. But I think, no, I think you confused it. At the beginning, you are not too small to do direct distribution. We did direct at the beginning. No, I said too big to still too be big. doing. Too big, yeah, exactly. So you're, you're, the valley of death is when you're too big to do the up and down the street accounts. Exactly, yeah. What you're doing direct but models on. you're too on. small to be direct. Exactly, you're too small to be direct with the big accounts. You're, so you're, you're, you're reliant on these in-between yeah. distributors. 100%. Let's just all go out and win, eh? Oh, yeah. that was a great, great show. Episode, guys. And, um, and for anybody who's on the live who asked us a lot of questions, we're going to we'll note these and the we'll bring show. them into the next show. Thank you so much for taking the time to ask. Three, two, one. Ole, 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 ole. Ole, ole. Ole, 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 ole. Ole, ole. Midday Squares Uncensored. We will see you on the next one. Go out and fucking win.